Finding this podcast magical? Why not toss a coin to your Witches and a Druid podcast through the Acast supporter feature? It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to show your support now. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Three Witches and a Druid Podcast, a Canadian podcast about paganism in today's modern society. And now, Three Witches and a Druid Podcast presents... The Traveling Bard, Hobbes. The story is called Siffleur and the Magic Fiddler. Now this story takes place in Quebec, in a time in Quebec when it was very dangerous to live here, because everyone knew that the devil himself walked the roads of Quebec looking for souls to steal. And of all the souls he could get his hands on, the, the one that he prized the most were the souls of the people of Saint Agathe. Because in St. Agathe, they were the most pious people in all of Quebec. Oh, the priest there, he was a busy man and he was a happy man. And so, in St. Agathe, there was a little girl named Siffleur. And she was a rambunctious little 14-year-old girl, Moy. If there was a, a party going on in St. Agathe, you could be sure that Siffleur was there celebrating it. If there was a game going on in town, you could be sure that Siffleur was there winning it, and if there was a fight going on in town, you could be sure that Siffleur was there ending it. <laughs> now, Siffleur loved living in St. Agathe because they, they celebrated all the holidays with so much enthusiasm. She loved Christmas, and she loved Easter, and she loved Thanksgiving, but of all the holidays they celebrated in St. Agathe, the one that she loved the most was the celebration of Mardi Gras, Fat Tuesday, the day before Ash Wednesday, before the beginning of Lent. Now in Quebec, when people celebrate Mardi Gras, it is tradition to have a huge meal. Everyone comes together, they eat their fill, and then when that's done, then they put the tables away and they bring out the fiddler and he starts to play, and the people dance and they celebrate. But all of this has to stop at midnight. Because if you're caught celebrating after midnight, well then the devil could take your soul. So it was the one year the people of St. Agathe were getting ready to celebrate Mardi Gras as they had every other year. But the night before Mardi Gras, old Henri Bourgoin, the local town fiddler, he passed away. And without a fiddler, well, they couldn't have any music. And of course, all the other musicians had gigs that night to celebrate Mardi Gras. And the people of St. Agathe decided, well, if there's no fiddler, there's no music. If there's no music, there's no dancing. And if there's no dancing, well, 
There's no point in having a huge celebration. So everyone in St. Agatha decided that they were going to have a quiet Malziga celebration in their own homes. Everyone, except for Tsiflar, because Tsiflar, she loved the celebration of Malziga. She loved the music, she loved the dancing, she loved the food. And if all they needed was a musician, well then she was going to find one. And so when the teacher wasn't looking, she crawled out of a window of the schoolhouse and she went down to the crossroads. Now, the crossroads was a place between the towns where people came and they exchanged bits of news, they did a little bit of bartering, there was lots of gossiping going on, all sorts of things were happening. And Siflar went down to the crossroads and she hid herself in the bushes. And she waited and she watched. And all of a sudden she noticed two young women who were speaking. And one of them said, did you hear? There's a young musician looking for a place to play for Mazzika's celebrations. Really, said the second girl. Is he talented? Is he talented, said the first girl. Well, I've never heard him play, but they say that when he puts bow to fiddle, it's the most beautiful music that you've ever heard. He wears a colorful scarf around his waist, and the music is so enchanting that the scarf seems to dance to the music as if it had a mind of its own. Well, that's all Tsiflau needed to hear. And she watched up and down that road, looking for that young man. And of course, she saw him walking towards her with a fiddle underneath his arm and a colorful sash tied around his waist. As soon as he walked near where she was hiding, she stepped out onto the road and she stopped him right there. And she said, I am Tsiflau of Saint Agathe. And I have come to invite you to play your fiddle for our Malziga celebrations. Now, the fiddler was a surprise to be addressed by such a young girl. But he cocked his head to the side and he said, I would be honored to play for a place as famous and as pious as Saint Agathe. And so Tsifla took him by the scarf and she led him back to the town. Now Tsifla expected a hero's welcome there. They were going to have a boring Malziga celebration. And now thanks to her, they had a, a musician. Because they had a musician, they could have music, they could have dancing and celebrate this holiday properly. But instead she got in trouble from her parents for having having left the school without permission. Of course, she got in trouble with the elders of, for leaving the school without permission. And instead of being able to celebrate, she was shut in the priest's house with all the other children, while the adults, of course, who welcomed the fiddle player, they were making preparations for that night. Tsifla was beside herself with rage. All that hard work, and now she was going to miss the party anyways. So when the priest wasn't looking, nobody locked her windows in this town. She crawled out of a window of the priest's house and she went down to the church hall and she looked, went around the back, she looked into the kitchen and she could see the people making the food. There was tortillard and there was pudding chomar and they even had lamb stew. Coincidentally, they have lamb stew here tonight. And they had all this beautiful food and she, her mouth was watering. And then she went over to the side of the church hall and she looked in through the windows and she could see everyone was getting the place ready, putting up streamers and balloons and laying out the tables and putting the tablecloths on. And that's when she heard an odd sound. It was a plinking sound. And she looked over and she could see the fiddler sitting there on the fence, plucking at the strings. And he plucked at the first string, plink, plink, plunk, it broke. He pulled the old string from the fiddle, dropped it on the ground, pulled a new string from his pocket and restrung the fiddle. He plucked at the second string, plink, plink, plunk, it broke. He pulled the old string from the fiddle, dropped it on the ground, pulled a new string from his pocket and restrung the fiddle. He plucked at the fourth string, plink, plink, he plucked at the third string, plink, plink, plunk, it broke. He pulled the old string from the fiddle, dropped it on the ground, pulled a new string from his pocket and he restrung the fiddle. 
Now Tsifla was just about to go over and speak to him when suddenly he stood up, put the fiddle underneath his arm, and he walked into the church hall. And as Tsifla watched him go, she could hear her name being called. Tsifla, Tsifla. She looked around, she thought maybe one of the adults had seen her, so she dove into a bush, but there was no one in sight. Still, she could hear her name being called, Tiflar, Tiflar. She looked down and she realized that the voices were coming from the strings that were on the ground. And she picked them up and they were strangely warm to the touch and they glowed with their own light. Who are you? She said. Tiflar, said the strings. We are lost souls. For that is no ordinary fiddle player, but the devil himself. Tonight when he plays his fiddle for your town, he will cast a spell upon the people and he will make them dance, dance, dance and past midnight. And then he will take their souls. And Siflar was terrified. The, 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 the devil was in their town and she was the one that brought him there. What can I do, she said. So the string spoke and said, Tonight when he plays his fiddle, you must take us and you must throw us underneath his feet and that will break the spell upon the town. And Sifla wept. Now that night they had a grand old feast. It was all the newest of food and the old, oldest of drink. They brought out all the best food. People ate to their fill and when they were done, they pushed away from the tables. I know it looks like I just came from there, doesn't it? And when they were done, they took all the tables and stacked them up in the corner, threw a tablecloth over them. And they brought out a chair. And they put the fiddler sat down in it. And he put bow to fiddle. And he began to play. sorrowful song. And it hushed the crowd. And the men and the women, when they heard that fiddle playing, they were moved to tears. Then the tempo changed. And jigs and reels started pouring out of that fiddle. And as soon as the people heard the music, they couldn't help themselves. They jumped up and they began to dance. And they whirled around that room. There were men with women and women with men. Men with men and women with women. And they began to dance like mad around that church hall. And Tsiflar, who is hidden in the corner underneath all of those tables, she could feel the floor vibrating beneath her feet as they danced. And even though she was protected by the magic of the strings, she had to admit it was the most beautiful music that she had ever heard. The people danced in a mad fury. And hours passed. The violent Tsiflar, hidden under those tables, suddenly, she noticed the floor stop vibrating. She looked out from underneath the tablecloth, and there she could see the people were still dancing, whirling around in a mad fury around that church hall, and there in the corner she could see the fiddle player, and he was playing his fiddle, and his scarf was weaving and dancing as if it had a mind of its own. But the people started to rise higher and higher in the air, and they danced on nothing. And Sifleur knew that it must almost be midnight, so she gathered up her courage 
she took the strings and she ran out straight for the fiddle player and his eyes were red and they seemed to be on fire and black smoke began to pour out of the fiddle. She took the strings, she threw them beneath his feet and he screamed as if he had stepped on knives and everyone who was dancing in the air, Blake fell to the ground. And they looked up and they saw Tsifla standing there and they knew how close they had come to losing their souls to the devil that very night. And everyone turned and they looked at the fiddle player and he was still playing that fiddle. But now it was his turn and he started to rise higher and higher in the air and his scarf was weaving and dancing in tune to the music as if it had a mind of its own. And he rose higher and higher in that room and when he looked like he was about to hit his head on the ceiling, he passed right through it as if he were a ghost. The people came out of the church hall and they watched as the devil playing his fiddle rose higher and higher in the air and just before he was lost from sight he cocked his head to the side and he laughed and he disappeared. Now if you ever go to Saint Agathe right around the time of Mount Zigar, look up in the night sky and if you're lucky maybe you will see the devil's scarf weaving and dancing in the sky of course we call those things the northern lights, but now you know what they really are. And if you listen very carefully, you will hear the devil playing his fiddle, and you will have to admit, it's the most beautiful music that you have ever heard. Hello, and welcome back to Three Witches and a Druid, where we sit around the kitchen table with a warm beverage. This time it was a lovely mulled wine cocktail. <laughs> it's called the Reaper. Yes. Oh, the and Reaper, really? The Reaper, yeah. It's and delicious. And we talk about our lives as modern pagans, which apparently mulled red wine is part of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Margo. And I'm Maeve. I'm Gwen. And I'm Brian. I often feel that we should start these episodes off by saying, like, we are not experts. <laughs> these are no. really opinions. Of four individuals sitting around the coffee table. I listened to another podcast and they were like, we are not detectives. We are merely two guys sitting in a basement. Yes. <laughs> talking into a microphone. So we thought we'd do a bit of a three, maybe four part series about nature spirits, ancestors, and the shining ones, our, our deities. In Druidry, there is a form. We call them the Outdwellers, which has been brought up in conversation a lot in Druidic circles. We're going to start off this evening uh, with nature spirits. Now, nature spirits is drastically different for, for every path, I'm sure. It could be very different for every person. I just wanted to talk about what, it, what do you guys view as nature spirits in your paths, in your, in your belief system? So we have a big blank, and I think maybe part of it, I was thinking about this when Brian suggested this, I think in some ways we need some definitions or some frame, a framework because it is a broad, broad yes. topic. And I have an idea of what I consider nature spirits, and maybe it kind of ha follows two tracks, two very distinct tracks, but... I picked up, I have Judica Elish's um, Encyclopedia of Spirits, and she doesn't even have nature spirits because it's such a broad topic. You want, you, you know, it's broken down. Even druids here on this land, this Nova Scotia, when you speak of nature spirits, what do you refer to? 
Well, it, once again, in Druidry, it's the mo- it's the broadest of the three. It can encompass creatures of the land, fur, feather, be it animals, be it the folk of the fae, be it any any creature that lives here on this land. Would you consider yourself a nature spirit? Because you're a creature uh, who lives on the land. Well, we don't. We live in houses. Are you talking yeah. about in no, no, nature? No, 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 no. In no, any, anybody and anything. Yeah, I, I guess in a way you could view other people as nature spirits, but it should be think, a little bit more specific. I think we all know one or two people who are definitely. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very good point. They're not of society. They are of the wild. <laughs> But yeah, no, it, it is a very broad topic. It, it's not specific. And I think one of the things that brought it up for me, and we've discussed this in a past episode, is the more modern focus of social media and fairy magic. No fairies. Yeah, J- J- I'm getting... No, maybe don't do me. fairies. Anyway, but we'll get into that later. No fairies. No, well, I guess you could, you could you could talk about that right now. This well, is a good time. for first, I will say nature spirits. I see that as a nature spirit. I even see the elements because the elements. Yeah, I was going to say as yes, an element yeah. and a demon. element, and I see anything that again is of the earth and radiates with the earth and gets their energy from the earth. I see that as even, you know, the tree has a spirit, rocks have a spirit, there there are, you know, there are the fae. I absolutely do not deny that they're there, I just don't do them. The fae, in my mind, and in anybody who's had any experience with them, and I do not have much experience with them because I've seen too many people have experiences <laughs> with them, they're tricky. People say, oh, and I mean, many people work with the fairy and all of that, and I respect them. But I don't invite them into my house. No. If you decide you want to go to a fairy well or a fairy mound and give some silver or crystals or whatever, make a deal with them, you better have a 10-page notarized contract because it will come to you in ways you never expected. That's why I don't do fairies. No. I really don't. Or even if some people, oh, I'm going to feed the fairies. You start feeding the fairies and you stop feeding the fairies. And then things are not necessarily as pleasant in your house as you would like. Right. So though I respect them, no fairies. Has nobody seen Spiderwick? Seriously, <laughs> everybody thinks the fae are, are you know people think it's Tinkerbell. No, not even a, Tinkerbell no. has a temper. Let's be honest. She, she did have a temper. She was a jealous fairy, very very jealous. But, but you're right. Yeah, anything that you know, anything trees and rocks and animals. It's interesting when you said. Animals being nature spirits. I never really considered animals nature spirits. I considered them of nature. Yeah. But not spirits. I mean, now, now we do have, you know, spirit animals and this well, and that. that's and what the was going to be my question. Yeah. Do you consider your spirit guides and your spirit animals to be nature spirits? I think I consider them to be more literal than that. Mm-hmm. More literal than spirits. Mm-hmm. I can see them more as... As individual individual personalities. personalities. Absolutely. Isn't that interesting? I never gave it much thought, but now that I made to. No, they're individual personalities. Absolutely. I never thought of them as that way. Isn't that interesting? So one one of the things I was wondering is very much what you're saying. As a primarily animist, just because I do believe that trees and 
rocks and animals all have a a sentience of their own, whether we understand it or not, and a being and a personhood. And I also recognize that they have species-specific characteristics. If you've had a dog, you know all all dogs, all, even if you're loyal to a breed Mm -hmm. and you replace a dog with another, a Labrador, with another lab, with another lab, they all have their own personalities. Mm-hmm. So that that is my understanding of those persons of nature, mm-hmm. of nature. I think sometimes, and I go way out on a limb and I please correct me, either listener or, or around the table here, but sometimes when you're reading Indigenous tales from this land, they'll speak to bear with a small b, but there's also bear with a capital B. And I think often maybe when they go to bear and talk, they're maybe speaking to the spirit of all bear, you know, okay. the nature of bear. And sometimes they run across a bear and that's that's designated as something separate. It's an individual because it has a small B in the stories, you know. Right. They go to mountain and they speak to an essence of mountain or whatever. So, yeah. We we have personalities and and individuals, but then we have maybe egregores that we interact with as mountain or bear or whatever. Um, and I trample on a culture that I don't really understand, other than from the reading that I've done. But I think we kind of all can do that from time to time in our own ways. Well, isn't that interesting that you say that? Because this is making me have all these epiphanies sitting right here. Okay. Is when you were saying my spirit animal, like my spirit family and the animals in my spirit family, um, I see them as individuals. But if you look in, you know, any sort of book or whatnot that you use, call on bear when, when you need, when this and that. So if I was going to call on an animal that is not in my well, personal family, yeah. I would call on the spirit of the animal. Isn't yeah. that interesting? Because where my spirit animals to me are individuals with definite yeah. personalities, where if I was going to say, you know, call on a uh, the spirit of shark, a yeah. shark, it would be the spirit of shark, not an individual shark. Mm-hmm. Isn't yeah. that isn't yeah. interesting? Yeah, yeah. very exactly. interesting. So, Jeez, I'm going to have to think on that today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and after how, more of this wine, <laughs> how does that change that relationship? You know, that's, yeah. that's a very interesting thing. My second thing is... Well, my best reference is pop culture field. So individual nature spirits like the Fae, you know, there's very large families of other folk within different cultures, right? And here we live in this new raw upstart land and it's not been homogenous, but a First Nations background. So families of cultures sort of thing that that are similar and a similar way of interacting with the land, not in an exact way from First Nation to First Nation. And then our ancestors, at least our our cultural ancestors, I mean, my ancestors came a couple of decades ago, really, you know, not that long ago to this country, but our cultural ancestors came. And I wonder American gods like, because I really feel things live in their stories that's how when mm-hmm. you know people pass we say what remembers lives and we remember them through story so they were not planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Genius loci, they were not of this land, but people have interactions now on this land, especially this eastern coast of specific things that were traditionally thought of as being possibly European other folk, European nature spirits and fae. That is not the nature spirits that the original inhabitants of this land knew. So in, we brought them in story, we brought them in spirit or whatever, and they now populate this land as well. It's confusing and interesting to me and curious and I... Well, it's... it's- I understand what you're saying is like there are already nature spirits here on the land that we've now begun to populate. There's always that thought though that various spirits or beings traveled over with. In in story or yeah. or in actuality. Yeah, in yeah. actuality on. Right. But it, it, understanding that not that there's necessarily a difference, but there are definitely nature spirits here long before anyone else arrived. And so when we on this continent, if I say, and I can remember Maeve being in your basement many decades ago, we were doing a study group of a book mm. study type stuff. And I remember a man telling us about his wife seeing a spirit, another folk, downtown Halifax. And it had a very Russian feel to with the way he described it. Now, I don't have a cultural tie to that. I don't have whatever, but I see it. I recognize it. You know what I mean? Like neither did his family have a Russian tie, but that's what she saw on, on Barrington street or whatever. You know, we're just a land of immigrants planted here. And how do we interact with all of these different things? It's really interesting and it's really can be problematic and, I have two things about yeah. that. I do know somebody else who has many times seen an actual leprechaun downtown. Yeah, yeah. And yes, an actual leprechaun. More than once, yeah. Yeah, anyway. But here's the thing that I suppose I thought it, but I didn't think it. And this is the first time I'm saying it out loud because it may not be a popular opinion. Yeah. Is there truly any difference? Because if you look at hold on here. If you look around the world, you know, this all gods are one god, all gods are yeah. one goddess, on and on. You look around the world, everybody has a Diana and Artemis, something similar, every single culture. Agreed, yeah. They all have this. So here, would a spirit of a forest actually be any different except for in the face we have put on them than a spirit of a forest in Germany? No, I, I, I do, believe do, that they're do, all... Because I mean, they're we all connected to the earth. We change through our own perspective. Yeah, we do change in our stories and our, our stories, stories. And, and our culture. But is it truly another? Yeah. We may say, oh, 
and and I'm not trying to cause any trouble here. This is just devil's so advocate. But which you hate being. I hate being. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a fox in England, and there's a fox in the the native, you know, it, mm-hmm. here before Europeans arrived. Is that fox spirit? any different in the First Nations thoughts? Really, is the spirit itself at its essence any different than the spirit of a fox in a forest in England? I think the spirit of the the fox in the First Nations is probably a lot calmer because it hasn't been hunted by assholes. But what I'm trying to say is, is there really any difference? Honestly, is there any difference in the spirit of a bear, you know, the, the bear that had lived in Nova Scotia for 80,000 years to the bear that has lived in Russia for 80,000 no. years. The only difference you're going to run into is the interaction that spirit may have had with the people of the land. Of That's the land. right. Anyone read Clan of the Cave Bear? They had yes. all of that, you know, yes. back when you read that 35 years ago. So when you hear stories, uh, I think the, it's all the, the same sort of thing, just different face yeah, on the fox it. here in North America may be more of a trickster than the one in Europe, but that's just because of interactions. That's not yeah. necessarily the character. That's but then you read Aesop's Fable, and yeah. foxes are all are sly and can yeah. be tricksy mm. and that mm. sort of thing. But but you're right, along those same lines, stepping just a little bit of away from nature spirits. Several years ago, my father had a major back surgery and he did everything allopathic medicine required of him and like many people had a lot of pain and he had three different healing touch people come in which was kind of a step outside his comfort zone not by choice he just chose healing touch people out of i don't know the yellow pages whatever and they all had different cultural one was reiki one what it called themselves maybe quantum touch and one was a happened to be first nations they all said they saw specific things that they described the same around him mm-hmm. certain light beings and one called them guardian angels and one called them something else they all had a different name for him and yet they had the same description and he was the same patient and they didn't know each other. Right. So it's, you all, know, it is all it, the same thing. It is in things. science. You know, there is that thing in science where things change having to do with who views them. So they changed that. There's that relationship between the scene and the un, the scene and the seer. And so when you bring your cultural perspective, that changes what you see. And as that, that progresses, you know, I was born here. My, you know, my family came like 270 yes. years ago. I mean, you know, you know, like quite a while ago. I mean, yes, compared to native peoples, we haven't been here that long, certainly. But I am myself. I am of this land. Yeah. You know what I mean? I have a garden. I grow all my own herbs. Like anything, you know, when I'm having any kind of smoke ceremony, 99% of the time, I grew those herbs those, myself. Those they, they are my smoke herbs, and maybe they're the same smoke herbs that, you know, people from other cultures are using, but I grew them myself, and I have a connection, and I've been living in this house for 23 years, and I have all the same trees, and we all know each other, so I have my connection to them. I don't feel that I am beg, borrowing, or stealing from elsewhere, because yeah. it's the connections I have done Those the work in person and made, but I really do think that I know something, we'll go back to bear, you know, bear or a fox or a goose 
or a cow or whatever the case might be. You know, a cow in Russia is the same as a cow here in my mind. So I don't know if people will like that or not. Just a different accent. Yes, yeah, that's, that's, that's all there is to it. Cow in India, Loyalty, 
that you can put a leash on another creature, mm-hmm. another entity, another sentient being, and expect obedience. Well, I bring up fairies because we're talking about cultural connections. And for us, being well, mm-hmm. all European descent, we take of fairies, but in other cultures, there's the jinns and genies and yeah. priests. Yeah. And, like, it it's the same on. concept, the same idea, just in a different Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you do you remember the episode of the X Files when they actually Mulder and Scully actually met a real genie, a gin, a real one? This woman and Scully, she said, "You can make a, you know, make your, you got your three wishes. I'll give them to you." And Scully wished for world peace, and every single person on the planet disappeared. Yeah. So you got to be careful. And I know this is gonna, this is maybe incorrect, and this is this this is something I'm gonna have to spend some time thinking about. To me. And not that a spirit doesn't, that say a tree doesn't have a consciousness and a life force and all of that. But somehow, maybe because you, because fairies can almost, you know, in that Tinkerbell way, take humanish kind of, you know, they're they're thinking. They have community. It's just different to me. Somehow, they're just more organized and they can be more more risky. Yeah, I know that sounds incredible. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't know how to explain it properly. We can't fool ourselves that they're under our... Yeah, that's true. So. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. And they, they see And you the, shouldn't fool yourself that no. you can make a bargain with them. No. In, in that way. Not at all. Possibly there are people that have created relationships over time, but it's, you yeah, know... It's different. Uh, it's different. There is a picture. There is a Hindu goddess, which I will not be able to say her name. And she is seen riding the water hanging on to a crocodile so she's on the back of the crocodile powering through and i almost think that that would be a human fairy relationship like you jump (laughs) off and you're in trouble like you better be on there and yeah you better have a really good relationship relationship. you better have a good relationship and be hanging on tight (laughs) you're you're right it's it's not that we're in control of trees and all of that, but we can fool ourselves that the consequences of of a bad bargain or a mm-hmm. poor magical working with, with a or fairy. whatever are less than the than. But with a fairy, they're no. they are not. Actions have consequences. Seriously, I, I know fairies. You know, there's five fairy mounts in Nova Scotia. I believe it. Speaking of that, there is, and I had it on VHS tape years and years ago. Oh, Go gosh, to YouTube yeah, and watch Fairy Fate. It's a uh, phone board of Canada. NFB? I think. Yeah, I think you can get it on YouTube now. Yeah, Fairy Fate. They actually they're visiting Ireland and here and there, and they actually visited Nova Scotia. Yeah. And very there's five fairy mounts. Well, they say if you see a field where there's a single tree in the middle of a field where there's no other trees, you should consider that a fairy mound. Like, you know, you might be going somewhere and there's just this big, one big bush in the middle of a cow pasture, or one tree or something, or on the side of a hill, that you should consider it a fairy mound and caution as needed. I wonder if people considered uh, everybody tree, that little tree you see when you drive up towards Truro. So that would be, if that one, that single tree, oh, I would consider that a fairy mound and act accordingly. That that's always to me a good rule of thumb. Yeah. But you know me and the, the whole fairy. And again, not that I don't believe in them. I absolutely. That's 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 you believe that's in them tell. and you give them the respect <laughs> to keep your distance. That's yeah. right. Yeah. A wide <laughs> earth. 
wide berth. I know when, you know, my daughter was little, she used like make little fairy houses and this and that and all of that. But it was like, no, you know, that that's just a child. You had to be careful even there. So like, you, know, you don't want to invite them in the house too much. Cause, well, it's funny you bring that up because I was going to mention like we have, I have a five-year-old who we're going to have to deal with the two fairies soon. With mm-hmm. the understanding that we, we don't put the tooth under the bit pillow because that means the fairy has to come inside. The tooth has to go inside. <laughs> and this is a deal you were making with the fae folk. Yeah. Giving up teeth for coins. Hope they don't go for femurs next. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, seriously. Well, I mean, you know. <laughs> it could, you know, they, they could have their, I mean, we think of them as little creatures. They're not necessarily little creatures. They can be half the side of the mountain. Yeah. I really, but that's but nature spirits certainly yes. I trees, well, actually, the ocean, and all of that. Yes. Image, what is that show? There's a show on Netflix. What is it? Heidi Heidi. Heidi Heidi Ho. Hilda Hilda. Have you guys ever watched Hilda? I've never heard of it. Oh my! If you that is that is the cartoon of nature spirits it's all about this little girl who lives in the country and she's surrounded by nature spirits and some of them are messing up her day and she's trying to help some and then she has to move to the city and she realizes that all the nature spirits that were in the country are still in the city they ah. just modernized and oh and isn't that interesting work. yeah if you guys ever want to sit down and have it edible it is probably one of the best shows on, like, kid shows on Netflix. Isn't it's that interesting? really, really good. Yeah. I do remember even, you know, my, my daughter's pushing 20 now, but the all the little Barbie type in whatever movies, but the Thumbelina movie, I mean, in the parks were full of all these little fairies, like, everywhere trying to stop the bulldozers. <laughs> we don't want condos here, but they're everywhere, even if you think, oh, it's a Disney, it's a Disney movie or DreamWorks? Fern Gully. Fern Gully, that's Fern Gully, yeah. good old Fern Gully. That's, uh, and so what about all the mice that people seem to be having? So we not talk about the spirit? We need to talk about the spirits of the mice to get out. All these people, I've fallen here lately as people talking about mice. Well, it's funny. It's the whole time we're having this conversation. I'm picturing this rat standing on the corner of Pizza Corner downtown, smoking a cigar with a pot of <laughs> pot of gold. So. <laughs> There's so many. It's terrible. The rats. When we want to talk about that. Sports cities. Absolutely. I, I do feel that I've learned a few things tonight talking about stuff that I just never gave much thought to. You know, of course, you know, the spirits of yeah. all the you know the nature and the woods and the. You know the mountains and all of that, but that a few I, things I, I haven't thought about because those spirits, to me, my impression of those spirits are the old ones, the wise ones, the strong ones, the calm ones. Which fairies are not that. <laughs> Arthur, Arthur and the Invisibles. Yeah. Ever seen that? Yeah. That's an excellent little movie. Arthur and the Invisible. Okay. That's an excellent little movie. So we just have to be careful to make sure like fairies haven't figured out podcasts or listening in. Everybody's going to shut the back door now. Yeah. They're sneaking in under the door. They're going to steal all or half their socks. <laughs> it's okay. I don't wear socks. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I wash my socks in garment bags. <laughs> and they all still don't come out. <laughs> I don't understand. If I would think it was the washing machine, they can get underneath the beater. 
you know, the rotate, the yeah. rotator. And uh, people, you know, when people, oh, my, my washing machine's not working. You take the rotator off, there's 25 <laughs> socks underneath there. But I wash my socks and garment bags. <laughs> or what is it? There's that what that wonderful episode, with that, or rather that wonderful little scene in Family Guy, when he's looking in the dryer and he says, and you can see, um, uh, you can see the lamppost from Narnia <laughs> in the dryer. <laughs> And he's going, give me back my sock, you go bastard. <laughs> Sorry, now, here we are, a little levity, a little bit of levity. Okay, well, look, thank you very much, everyone, for tuning in. And if you have any questions or suggestions for us, you can get uh, in contact with us on our Three Witches and a Druid Facebook, Facebook. page. Give us a like, give us some stars, anything like that. And I believe we uh, we do have some Patreon. Yeah, if you want to help support us being our wonderful sound editor, we always appreciate the support at patreon.com slash three witches and a druid. Absolutely. Thank you very much. So until next time, everybody, Merry Meet. Merry hearts and merry meet again. Blessed be. be. This has been Three Witches and a Druid Podcast. Thanks for listening. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.